Quick Med Claims presents the Board and Collar 10Q30. We pose 10 questions to emergency medical service leaders from across the United States on key matters affecting EMS nationwide. You'll find their unique responses interesting and thought-provoking, all in 30 minutes. Your host, QMC's Director of Client Services, Gary Harvath. Good day, everyone. My name is Gary Harvath. I'm from the Quick Med Claims client success team, and I am joined today by my esteemed colleague up in Danville, Pennsylvania, Chuck Humphrey. Chuck's from our compliance team. Good afternoon, Chuck. Good afternoon, Mr. Harbat, and it's, welcome from Eastern Pennsylvania. It's great to have you here, and we've got a great program in store today. Uh, joining us today, a uh, great gentleman from a very, very progressive uh, Pennsylvania service, is Matt Ike. Matt is the Assistant Chief of EMS, a recent promotion at the end of last year. Congratulations, Matt. Uh, from Thank Longwood you. Fire Company in Kennett Square, PA, and they tell me that's Chester County, Pennsylvania. Yep. Am I correct? That, that is, is correct. correct. Okay. You, well, you know what they're famous for down there? Uh, no, but I'm, I'm guessing you do, Chuck. What is that? That is the mushroom capital of the world. Mushroom capital of the world? Yes, that is correct. Now, do they have these underground mushroom things that go all year round? I've heard about these things. Or is this something that there's a season like, you know, for like the same would be for tomatoes. Like what's yeah, what? so they do. Yeah, so I, I'm not a mushroom extraordinary. So again, thank <laughs> you. I do uh, I do appreciate this opportunity. Uh, our, our account managers had had mentioned maybe uh, being able to participate in this, and I do really appreciate the opportunity. Um, we are located in uh, our, our headquartered fire station is located in Southern Chester County. Uh, it is a Kennett Square mailing address and located in Kennett Township, uh, and Kennett Square is the mushroom capital of the world. Uh, mushrooms are grown all year. So to answer your first question, I don't know if this is EMS related, but fun fact for <laughs> sure. Um, they are grown in uh, mushroom houses, which are actually uh, gigantic uh, above ground buildings that are, you know, 60 or 80 feet wide and, you know, 180 feet long. Uh, and then there's trays that they grow in of manure uh, and there can be, you know, upwards of 12 trays uh, from floor to ceiling, and they all have to be picked by hand and the stems cut off. Uh, so that is uh, the only reason I really know a lot about them is, uh, you know, occasionally we do have uh, industrial or agricultural rescues that we respond and we do go into the mushroom houses and there's a very distinct uh, odor associated oh. with being in a concrete uh, fairly warm structure full of compost. Come after sure. one of those runs and you go take a shower and change your uniform, right? <laughs> yeah, yep, uh, that's certainly on the table. Absolutely. And also, Matt, right across the road, really from your main headquarters, is a beautiful place called Longwood Gardens, which out here in eastern Pennsylvania, many people visit. It's a, just a nice, relaxing afternoon, beautiful, like, I don't know, flowers and shrubs and, and, and yes. that's a great place too. So you have some. It is. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of lead off because that that's really, you know, it's, it's not by accident that we are the Longwood Fire Company. 
uh, nestled on the property of Longwood Gardens. So that's that's really part of our history. Um, so I'll just I'll dig right in. Um, we great. I will say though, Matt, before you start, Chuck, I think this out of all the ones we've we've ever done, we've never started any of these programs talking about mushrooms or manure. So Matt, <laughs> you you've got a first. Congratulations, well, Gary. Yeah. Most of these programs, you and I shovel a lot of manure, uh, but that's a whole. Nother. I'm going to tell you, Matt, you're probably going to get podcast hits on this big time now. So yeah, I'm sure what good. you have to tell us is great, but now this added feature of the mushrooms is, yeah. hey, it's a, it's going to be a winner. No question about Great. it. Perfect. Yeah. Matt, so tell we, us uh, about your organization. Yeah, so we are a combination fire department. Uh, so we are, uh, we provide fire, rescue, and EMS. Uh, we do so with volunteers and career staff. Uh, so the, on the EMS side, we have transitioned to majority of a career staff. We have about 40 employees. Uh, and then we do still, you know, foster volunteers and we do still have some volunteers, uh, pro probably 10, you know, we usually keep around 12 to 15 on the roster. A lot of, a lot of college age kids that, uh, you know, are, are doing that during school for nursing, that kind of thing. I'm sure the same thing a lot of other agencies uh, see as far as volunteer pools. Um, on, the career, on the fire side, we're majority volunteer, but we do have some career guys that offset. Uh, I started my career uh, over 18 years ago, uh, actually right down the street in the borough fire department or in the fire department that's located in Kennett Borough as a volunteer when I was in high school. Uh, and I did make a career out of it. So I got my EMT, did that for about eight years. I went to paramedic school. I've been doing that for about 13 years now. Uh, I started as a staff medic here back in 2010 and uh, was promoted a couple times from within to the leadership, you know, up through the leadership. Uh, we don't have a separate division or anything like that for EMS. We're, we're one fire company that operates, uh, you know, with rank and file all the way from the staff and the volunteers up through the, you know, lieutenants, captains, chiefs, all that stuff. And, and we all fall together. Although we have different roles, we all answer to a career fire chief and then a, a volunteer or an elected board of volunteers from our from our membership population that are both active and social members. Um, so we're geographically we're in, a, in an interesting spot. We uh, we have we're right on the southern the southeastern tip of Chester County and uh, kind of the southeastern tip of Pennsylvania. So we uh, border Delaware County uh, we also border the state of Delaware and we're nestled just outside of Wilmington. Uh, and then, you know, we cover six municipalities, which is Kennett Borough, Kennett Township, East Marlboro Township, Pensbury Township, Copson Township, and a portion of Newland Township for our EMS. We have a fleet of six vehicles. So we have four ambulances and two support vehicles and, and a medic unit and a, an officer or supervisor vehicle. Uh, we are ALS as well as BLS, so we have two uh, MICUs or mobile intensive care units that are uh, scheduled 24 hours a day. Uh, we handle, we're slotted to handle, uh, we anticipate about 3,000 to 3,100 calls for this upcoming year uh, on the EMS side. And then on the fire side, we're fairly busy, we'll, we'll handle about 1,000 calls. Uh, so we, our history started uh, somewhere around 1900 although we were incorporated in 1921. So this is a very big year for us as we're uh, in our 100th year. Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, we uh, 
aren't going to have the big bash and you know everything that we had talked about for the last few years uh, until next year. So it'll be the hundredth anniversary plus one. Very good. Um, and and we did start in the 1900s as a very small fire brigade located on Longwood Gardens, which was previously mentioned. So Longwood Gardens was purchased by uh, Pierre S. Dupont, uh, who was part of the Dupont family. Um, you know, they do the Tyvek house wrap is one of their, their kind of main things that they're known for. Um, they actually got did a lot of stuff with gunpowder back in the day. Um, you know, Jeff Gordon raced as, you know, they sponsored Jeff Gordon's uh, NASCAR for many years. So a very well-known company. Uh, and Pierre and his three brothers did all, did a lot for the for the area, a lot for the community. So they contributed a lot of money towards uh, all the schools in the area. Um, they bought Pierre bought this garden property of a hundred acres uh, located just outside of Wilmington, where he grew up, uh, which became a, an arboretum or a gar and a garden feature. Um, as that per he used to host big galas for you know the community and stuff there on his property and one of the things that he found was really interesting was fire protection so under the what is what was the original hundred acres there's a there's a series of tunnels and a very intricate waterway that was really pretty ahead of its time you know almost like a, a an actual town or a city infrastructure that was built on private property it was a huge deal and he loved fountains so there is a na nation renowned you know or world renowned uh, facility that you know is visited by tourists now it has a beautiful uh, fountain display that was actually just renovated last year or a year and a half ago. Um, you know, they do all kinds of stuff there. They do concerts, events, fireworks, all that kind of stuff. So Matt, in, how, does, the, um, go, how, sorry, how does that affect your call volume, Matt, with those tourists? Coming with, so, yeah, so that's what I was going to get into. So, um, you know, in the early days, he, he started a fire brigade. And then because of all the philanthropy he did in the community, he made that be... Uh, you know, a community asset. So we, you know, we started to be able to provide for, you know, the surrounding community, and then we've grown ever since. Uh, so EMS came into the picture in 1995. Um, and, and just like the fire department in our area grew, that facility has also grown. Um, and they see, you know, nearly 2 million visitors in a calendar year without the pandemic being involved. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we have a great partnership with them. Our, our station is actually uh, built on property that was gifted to us by Longwood Gardens. So, uh, we, you know, we have a good relationship. We're over there quite, quite often, um, either pre-planning or for scheduled events. We do nearly 3,000 EMS standby hours in addition to our 911 coverage, just specifically on that property. Uh, so we, we run a fairly, uh, it's a fairly busy, busy venture for us. Quite very interesting. Yes, very much so. Quite the operation. Matt, you covered a great deal about your staffing and your uh, response there. Um, obviously, with the areas you serve, it's important, I know, for every organization nowadays to reach out to their community and to garner support from them. Um, can you tell me some ways that your organization does that? Yeah, so that, that's been something that's been really important to us for, you know, at least the 10 years or 10 plus years I've worked here. 
Uh, we have a pretty good relationship with our community hospitals, and we actually started um, a hands-on or hands-only CPR program, which uh, really has spun off to be pretty effective in a lot of places. Um, but we started that, you know, nearly 12 years ago with with the county hospital, um, and have provided those programs usually two or three times a year. Um, you know, we do a lot of community education. We offer CPR like many places do. Um, we're, we're located on a main highway, so we're very visible. And we do uh, the, we participate in the Pennsylvania Prepared for Pediatrics. We um, offer the car seat checks and car seat installations. We do those with or without an appointment. So a lot of times we have the community that'll pop in to get that done. Uh, because of our location right on the main drag, we end up with people just kind of pulling into the parking lot and, you know, they kind of inch their way closer to the bay door and hope they'll get invited in. So we, we do a lot of impromptu uh, little tours and, you know, we we'll have little guys running around, you know, getting to see the trucks and understand, you know, what it's like to be a fireman uh, or an EMS provider. Um, so we really, yeah, we have, we have a good amount of engagement. You know, we participate in Stop the Bleed. We are a con ed site through the Pennsylvania Department of Health. So we offer training, not only for our own staff, but we invite neighbors, uh, our neighboring agencies, you know, to keep relationships up with them as well. Uh, so we try and stay engaged with, you know, not only just the community, but the additional uh, mutual aid partners in our area as well. Sure. And of course, that's great how you reach out to your community. How about with neighboring organizations, uh, you know, um, obviously mutual aid I'm sure comes into play, but how is your relationship and what do you do to, to foster uh, a good partnership with other agencies that are, that border you or are close by? Yeah, so we, uh, we have a fairly unique uh, structure that kind of oversees us. Uh, so in those six municipalities we talked about, there's three fire departments um, that, that all occupy that same uh, there's, you know, the overlap or bordering coverage. And uh, starting five years ago, um, there was, you know, with everybody, we were, you know, faced with a funding need or a funding crisis. Um, you know, billing just doesn't, you know, although QuickMed does a great job, I'll give you a shameless plug. Um, you know, it's just not <laughs> enough. You know, it's not enough for anybody. So we, uh, you know, we, we, we have always worked well with our municipalities, and they came up with the idea to create a nonprofit a regional commission that is made up of uh, two members of each of those six municipalities and then uh, two members of each of the three fire companies. So that really has brought the three fire companies together. Um, you know, as with, you know, any competition, I mean, if you look at two high schools that border each other, you know, they have the, the friendly rivalries, you know, at, uh, I, I couldn't say that that's never existed here, um, but but this regional commission really has brought the three of us together, and it's really given us the ability to look at a regional approach of how we can provide fire and EMS protection to our community. And um, there's been some really good successes with that, specifically, um, you know, ad adequate uh, and increasing funding to be able to to do not just the main functions, but start to look into, you know, vehicle replacement plans, um, you know, incentives and retention programs for the volunteers, uh, all that stuff's been made possible. And because all three fire companies are working together with the municipalities, we're not, we're, we're no longer competing, so to speak, for the funding aspect of it, which has really brought us 
uh, brought our relationships and our, our bonds even stronger, I think. Sure. Matt, of course, we've all made it through this pandemic, uh, and I hope uh, those members, you and your members of your department have gone unscathed. But uh, first and foremost, thank you for your incredible um, support and work during this, this terrible yes. pandemic. But along those lines, can you tell me, Matt, like, you know, what, what you did? What, how did you guys manage and make it through the pandemic? And I've got a follow-up question to that, but I'll let you answer that first. Yeah, so I think uh, to start off, I would say, you know, one step at a time, just like every other agency, uh, you know, in the nation, this wasn't something that we, <clears throat> you know, read about or really, you know, planned. It's not part of the paramedic curriculum. There's no con ed class. That's yeah. pandemic 101 that, you know, we got to experience at a conference. So it, it was really one step at a time. Um, we, did, we did do fairly well. We, I think we only ended up with one provider that, that got fairly sick and and he did recover and he's back to work and all, which is good. good um, you know, we had some scares just like everybody. We had some quarantines, but overall we did pretty well, um, you know, because I, I hate to keep bouncing back to Longwood Gardens, but, you know, that brings tourism from all over the area. So, you know, all over the nation as well as all over the world. So early on when this started over in China, um, we, we were a little bit hyper aware um, because of all the tourism that we get there. So we we actually were uh, probably much earlier than many people as far as obtaining PPE and disinfectant and sanitizer and all that stuff. So we, we fared pretty well with that. Um, we developed policies pretty on, or pretty early on, and we had uh, a ton of buy-in and a ton of support from not only the career fire chief, but from our board of directors to enforce those and make sure people were paying attention. I mean, we made our people uh, touch base with one of the EMS officers anytime they felt sick, anytime they were out of the area, anytime they had an exposure or a scare at work or at home. Uh, and we kind of acted as almost like an, like an employee health talk through what was going on and help make decisions on if they should quarantine or, or how they should handle those situations. Um, and, I, and I think really all those you know, strict policies and the support from the top really made us be successful. Um, you know, we worked with our immediate neighbors as well as, you know, countywide <clears throat> through our um, EMS council and, and shared, you know, ideas and resources uh, we implemented an internal weekly meeting uh, that was just a touch, like a catch up, uh, just to update on the most current numbers and that kind of thing. And that was for the volunteers as well as the career staff. So it was ju just like for everybody, it was a busy um, and, a, and a stressful uh, period of time, but we, we did fare through and it looks like we're, you know, coming out on the back end of it now. Let's sure hope so. And uh, prior to the pandemic hit, hitting Matt. I know one of the big topics through our entire in industry across the nation is managing the opioid epidemic. What have you done there and how much are you experiencing? Yeah, so that we're kind of in, an, in a different demographic. We, we um, really have never seen a lot of that. Okay. Um, we, you know, we have two high schools. There's a lot of uh, education and awareness that, that are presented to them. Um, but really, we have a very large geriatric population. Um, we have quite a few, I believe we have uh, about eight to 10 facilities or doctor's offices that we visit fairly frequently. 
<clears throat> and some of that, like I said, geographically, we're located right outside of Wilmington. I'm not sure how familiar you are, but that headquarters a lot of, uh, so it, it headquartered um, a lot of the DuPont manufacturing. Uh, and then it also has a lot of the headquarters for the different banking companies. So a lot of people, as they retired, they moved out of the city and came out, you know, right across the line to uh, many of the nursing facilities and the the uh, 55 plus communities that we have in our area. So we do see a lot of that population and not so much of the, you know, we, we have a very small uh, kind of town center, which is Kennett Square, not a not a lot of uh, of opioid related stuff in there, which, you know, we're fortunate we're, we're seeing different things, but that's not one of the one of the main problems that face a lot of other, you know, EMS areas that you know, we had to try and navigate. Well, it's uh, it's definitely a um, uh, a great thing to hear that uh, you haven't been overly affected. And surely it's it's everywhere. But uh, some some uh, organization we talk to is spend their day. I know Chuck and I just spoke to one um, uh, just a couple weeks ago in New Jersey that you know this is they're doing great and innovative things there, and just one of those. One of those things that you just never know when it's going to strike, but uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, it hasn't affected your community to any um, great degree. So, Matt, um, let me ask you here. Um, you know, one of the things with the EMS world is there's always new and innovative things coming out, new equipment, new protocols, uh, additional meds. Um, what have you done from a clinical side to um, improve the level of care you folks render each and every day? Sure. Uh, so you guys are both from PA, so you're kind of familiar with uh, the background, but for any yeah. listeners that aren't, um, so PA, you know, has statewide protocols um, and anything that you want to do at the agency level needs to be something that's uh, within the scope at the state level. Um, so we have participated in all of those um, uh, optional protocols you know, all along the way. Uh, so we've, we've participated in the sedation assisted innovation. Uh, our medical director is very engaged with us. She actually lives in our community right around the corner from the station, uh, which is great. She can just pop in and say, hello, um, yeah. anything you need. She's very, you know, she's right there. Uh, she works at the at the community hospital that we take, you know, nearly 50% of our, our transported patients to. Um, so it's a great, uh, it's a great relationship there. She's very supportive of anything we want to do. Um, so all of those optional PA protocols are on the table for our providers. Um, recently, we've added uh, IV pumps <clears throat> into the into the realm of possibilities, and a lot of that came with uh, you know as ketamine becomes more of a versatile tool in the state of Pennsylvania as far as what it can be used for. Uh, it started with. Uh, you know, a pilot of Excited Delirium, which we did participate in, and it's morphed from there. And uh, with the addition that that can be used for pain, we added, you know, we felt that the IV pumps would have a lot of utility, but they definitely have the utility uh, to be able to run that medication on. So that, that really kind of fostered the start of it. Uh, we just received some grant funding where we replaced our Lucas devices. Um, we have video laryngoscopes on each truck. Uh, we actually just uh, as part of that grant, we purchased ventilators, um, not just the auto vents, but, you know, real ventilators that are going to be on all, uh, we have four sets of ALS gear. So we, you know, everything we try and have four complete complements, uh, 
that way it can either be the medic unit and the two ambulances and a, a backup or you know we could in theory run all four ambulances which does happen sometimes especially with you know the standbys at Longwood Gardens you know the football games at the high school um, some horse shows you know there's a big equestrian area down this direction as well um, yeah, I think those are kind of the main ones that come to that really come to mind <clears throat> and so you know, it sounds like you run a great, great organization there. You have a great program, but I got to ask you, what are your challenges? Because everybody's got them. I'm sure you do well, we, too. Yeah, yeah, we all have them. Uh, well, you know, funding's always a challenge. You know, even even though we do, uh, you know, we are fortunate to engage our municipal support or our municipalities to get that municipal support. Um, yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, we we actually fill. Uh, we, our main fundraiser is filling swimming pools, so although that doesn't fall under EMS, uh, you know we have we have three tankers that run around, uh, and they're they're we can barely you know keep them fueled up and filled right now because we're in the in the pool season. Um, you know we have you know funding's always a challenge. Um, you know staffing's a challenge everywhere. You know we're not we're not immune to that. Uh, we we're fortunate we've been working towards more of a full-time model. Um, a lot of our other neighbors and a lot of places in Pennsylvania because of the funding that that equates to really relying heavily on a casual employee or a PRN or a per diem employee. Um, and we, we decided you know, probably more than five years ago that that's not really sustainable. Um, but you know, along the same lines, there's not a lot of uh, you know, experienced people that are ready to go that aren't working a lot of jobs and that kind of stuff. So, you know, we see those staffing challenges. Uh, you know, personally for me, I think, um, you know, there there's not a ton of EMS leadership, uh, form, formal EMS leadership training. So we're trying to uh, keep an eye out for stuff like that and, uh, you know, engage in conferences and, and hopefully find some classes that help. Uh, so it's not just always figuring things out along the way. And there's, there's some support and some formal training to help do that. Um, I, I'm sure I could go on and on. <laughs> well, that, was, that was great. And, and so Matt, what's your formula for retaining and acquiring quality employees? That, that is a great question. So we, uh, I, again, I mean, I really need to give credit to, to the top of our organization. Our, our volunteer board is very supportive of the decisions that our career fire chief AJ McCarthy and I um, decide to do. So we, you know, we decided a while ago that we we need to value our employees. Obviously, they're our biggest asset. Um, you know, and everything we do, we we uh, really enforce how to do. You know, that we need to do that. Um, you know, we provide a, a you know medical insurance and all that stuff. Uh, we're, we're trying to get that down to nearly no cost to the employees. And that numbers came from a 25% uh, contribution from the employee down to only 10% at this point. And we're still trying to drive that down. Uh, we added, you know, a, a, a matching component to like, a, you know, a, a deferred retirement plan uh, about three and a half year or four years ago now. Um, we've, we restructured our time off from a single bank uh, back to three banks, which is kind of opposite of what a lot of people are doing and a lot of companies are doing. And some of that is, you know, we don't want our providers 
to uh, have to decide between, am I going to worry about my physical and mental health, or am I going to worry about having enough time to go away at the end of the summer on my beach trip? So we wanted to split that stuff out so they can really uh, focus and, and take care of whatever the needs may be. If that's just, I need a day because I'm overworked and tired or I'm stressed or something happens at home and I got to address it. Uh, you know, we really wanted to, to make it uh, as easy and comfortable and, and accessible for the employees to be able to handle all those things. Um, you know, and I really just try and be, uh, you know, as accommodating as I can within reason to the staff. And I think that um, really resonates and, you know, we get a lot of return on that with the employees being happy to come to work. You know, it's a friendly environment. Everybody's friends in and outside, not everybody, but a lot of people are friends in and outside of work. And I think that that environment of, uh, of the workplace really has shown uh, big benefits to us as the employer. Yeah, it's great. So. Yeah. Matt, you have been a wealth of great information and we appreciate that. Uh, we're coming up on our half hour here. So we just wanted to see if there's anything else you'd like to add, we, you know, anything at all, this is your chance to, to shine for your organization. And you've yeah, done I mean, that already. Yeah, I was going to say we covered, we've covered a lot and we got a lesson on how to grow mushrooms. So <laughs> sure added bonus, added bonus, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, you know, we, it, you know, I, if I could give any advice to any of the leaders listening, I think really taking advantage of formal training and conferences and understanding that, you know, it's perfectly acceptable to ask, uh, you know, other leaders, or for help or ask for ideas and not look at that as a competition or a threat and look at it as a resource or a value. Um, I think that's, that's really a good takeaway. And, you know, I can't stress enough how important, you know, the, the mental health uh, and the, the uh, you know, like a, a mental health day is to allow your employees to take and not just work them to death. Um, you know, if you ask some of my employees, I'm sure they would say, you know, I, I am constantly you know, kind of twisting and, and trying to nudge them to get events and shifts covered. Uh, but, I, you know, your employees really are your biggest assets. I think it's important to, to really foster them having a good environment. No question at all. Well stated. Matt, one of the unique things about the 10Q30 is the fact that when we put this out into our podcast format, uh, we have found that both clients and other uh, organizations across the country have at times contacted us and said, hey, I'd really like to, to speak to that gentleman you had on your 10Q30. Um, if you're open to the idea, Matt, what would be the best way for uh, someone to get in touch with you if they wanted to ask you more about what you spoke of today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm happy to provide uh, or, or interact with whoever thinks there's value there. Um, email is probably the best way to get in touch with me, as with most of the most leadership roles, uh, you're in and out, you know, you, even your scheduled office time is not always that. Um, and my email is just my first initial and my last name, which is M-E-I-C-K at longwoodfireco.com. Uh, and all of our information is also listed on our website, as well as on our Facebook uh, and other social media platforms. Um, there's also some generic like info or EMS at longwoodfireco.com that'll get you there. Uh, and the phone number is obviously on the website also. Um, I have an extension 
here, uh, which is in our like auto attendant and you're welcome to call and leave a message or shoot me an email. I'd be happy to, to try and help you however I can. Well, thank you, Matt. Um, uh, it's great to see another proud Pennsylvania provider. Uh, you've got two of them in front of you on the screen. I'm, I'm no longer uh, active, but that other guy is Chuck. And uh, I know how much uh, we value the good work that you and your team uh, do each day. So uh, from all of us, thank you very much. Chuck, is there anything you'd like to add in closing? Uh, Matt, thanks. Um, great. Um, I, I know what you're doing down there. And uh, it's, um, you know, I know you just went through some some shifts and uh, some merger situations. And so kudos, you know, just running a great organization. Uh, it speaks for itself. And uh, we're uh, we're proud to partner with you. So uh, thanks for spending time with us. Yeah, thank you guys. Absolutely. Go Eagles, as always. Yeah, go Eagles. Not, <laughs> I'm not sure of that. that Steelers guy. Yeah, this Pittsburgh guy yeah. here. Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, you know, we're, we're all, I'm only 45 minutes from Philadelphia. So, you yeah, know, you got to go with it. Through. I understand it. <laughs> you know, we've got an old quarterback, so I'm not sure how we're going to do this year. So, <laughs> hey, hey, if a Pennsylvania team wins it all, I guess, right. I guess I'm good with that, yeah. right? I guess go, go Sixers. They're in the playoffs, so maybe that yeah. maybe they're our hope for this year. Yeah, we've uh, we don't, Matt. We don't have anything left right now except our Buckos, and you know they lost last night because our rookie forgot to step on first base after he hit the ball out of the park, and they called him out. So not a good year for our Pirates, but uh, yeah. uh, well, that's a great stadium, though. <laughs> uh, it's a great park to visit. We it is a beautiful, beautiful park. Uh, we just need a ball team to put inside it. That's all. Well, gee, if it's any consolation, our Phillies got drubbed last night by the by the Braves. So don't don't we're 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 reeling just like you are. Yeah, nope. that's for sure. <laughs> well, again, Matt, thank you very much. And if you ever are in Pittsburgh, I can guarantee you we can find you a seat at the P at PNC Park pretty much any day of the week. So um, perfect. We'd love to have you. So. Thanks again, Chuck. Thanks for joining in. And Matt, good continued success to you and your entire department. And with that, I'll just simply say, hey, be safe, be safe out, out there. there.